This is the Collector Car Podcast, the home for the auto enthusiast. Join Greg Stanley as he applies over 25 years of insights and analytical experience to the collector car market. He will interview the experts and throw in some fun stuff as well. Today, I'd like to welcome a special guest, Peter Betcher. Peter, how are you doing today? Good. How are you, Greg? Good. So the goal of this podcast is to kind of check out what drives collectors. So, Peter... Why don't you tell us of what do you collect and why? I've been very heavily involved with the Porsche 356 since uh, 1964 when my father brought one back from a business trip in Germany. And some of my earliest memories are being a kid in the back of his 356 and being stopped by the police. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and, uh, and then that transferred into... Uh, my ownership of my first one in 1974 when I found one in Middletown, Ohio, a, a 356 uh, A coupe. Now, what was your dad? His was a, uh, a 356 B, uh, a sunroof coupe, dolphin gray sunroof coupe, which was um, a very pretty car. And then the, the irony was that he, um, um, let's see, probably about two months before I got my driver's license, uh, traded it in on a... Uh, 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 Volkswagen Fastback. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so, but so I had my my first one in '74, and I had that was my literally my daily driver uh, through my college years. I had a lot of fun in that car. Now, did your dad ever tell you why he got the car in the first place? Yeah, he was a a German national and and uh, was familiar with the cars from all his time in Germany. When I actually, when I was a younger kid, he wound up with some very oddball cars like Opals and Skodas and things like that. Right. And and had reliability issues and then he went went on this trip to Germany and was enthralled with uh, uh the performance of the car at that time and then also how reliable it appeared to be. And he, he used that as his you know, we lived at that time we lived in um, uh Westchester County uh, New York and he used that as his daily driver to get back and forth to the train station. And we went and we did you know, it was a year round car. We went to ski areas and all kinds of other things literally year round in that car and had a lot of fun. Now did you confront him when he sold it just before your sixteenth birthday? Uh yes. <laughs> <laughs> How'd that you go? Know, his, his response was, Well, uh, you know, it was starting to rust out, you know, which is not a surprise on, right. on the bottom side and uh, you know, I I just you know, can't number one put you in it because it, we don't think it would be a reliable car for you as a, as a teenage driver. And I said, okay, fine. Wow. So I'm assuming that one's lost to time. Is that correct? Yes. You know what? In fact, I need to. One thing I need to do. You know, there's a the 356 talk page, which is very active, part of the 356 registry, and I've I need to uh, put out there the serial number and because I have all the uh, the documentation from when the car was imported, including you know, name, names of ship that, that came in on wow. the United States. And so and I've got you know, a lot of pictures and a lot of, lot of uh, uh, details that uh, I would love to find the current owner and, owner and be able to share that with him. Oh, that would be amazing. You've got the hard stuff. Now you just got to find the car. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Wow. Now, where, where did your car collection go from there, that first 356 you bought in 74. Well, I had that as my daily driver. That went off the road probably in about 79 or so. And then in 1982, uh, my wife and I were uh, buying a house in in southern Ohio. And the, the real estate agent said, oh, my, my son has one of those parked in his garage. And it was a, a 64C 
Cabriolet. We went down there and looked at it, and it was, uh, you know, she had, like, firewood stacked all over it. Oh, no. And <laughs> so, you know, I, you know her and, and her son was in the process of, of buying another house, and I made her an offer on the car, or I made him an offer on a car, I never heard back, and as I called his mom and said, hey, you know what, I offered your son this much for the car, and she goes, really? So the next <laughs> thing I heard back from him, and uh, that became mine, and then we, uh, I started to restore that. In the meantime, the A group was, you know, sitting off in, uh, in a storage unit, and so from the 64, see, after that, I, uh, let's see, I bought a, uh, a 74 911. Okay. A 9, the 911S. Oh, nice. Of a Target and had that as, 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 as my fun car. And then, oof, in about 19, I'm going to say 1980, we decided to try to build a house, and that car went and became the down payment for that new house. Okay, so you did shed a car, so that's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that what was funny is that, as, as a side note, uh, we were living in uh, in Monroe, Ohio, which is north of Cincinnati, <clears throat> and I advertised it in uh, Panorama. And a guy called and said, hey, I'm going to take a look at your car. And he was up towards the Cleveland area, and I said, I'd like to meet in Columbus. And he said, that's, that's great. So he, he and I met, and I happened to have a title along with me. And uh, he said, okay, fine, I'll buy the car. Here's uh, X thousand cash. So. Right. I gave, I gave him the car and the title, and I had to, my wife had to come up to Columbus an hour and a half drive to uh, pick me up to get me home. <laughs> then I bought in 19, gosh, went to, all the way to 1997, and I bought a 84 911 from a good friend who had brought a, a Euro target over from Switzerland. Okay. And it was it was uh, literally only had like 20,000 miles on it at the time. That's still in the garage. Also, in my... 97, I bought uh, the 55 Speedster that I currently own. Oh, nice. Uh, from a good friend in, from Cincinnati and went through literally about a 10 year restoration on that car. Now, what's the specs on that Speedster? I don't think I've seen that one. It's a white 55 Speedster with a red interior, uh, 1500, of course, at that time, super engine in it. Okay. And it was restored by uh, Mark Schlachter, the Dentalcraft in Cincinnati. Yep, does great work out of there. Oh, yeah. And so after after that, literally, like I said, a ten or eleven year restoration. You know, my wife literally became a uh, a major driving force in, in getting the restoration completed. Oh, that's nice. Nice to have her on your side. <laughs> oh yeah. And then my my wife also. Uh, we, you know, we were very involved with uh, in all. Park, you know, the concourse of Alt Park in Cincinnati. Uh, so the car was shown several times there. And then she actually decided, well, you know what, I think I'd like to try to do one of these myself. Oh, so nice. we found in the greater Cincinnati area, we found a, uh, a 66 912 mm-hmm. that had been off the road since about 1972. Wow. And, you know, it was, it was in storage in literally a horse barn. And when we went over to see it, it was covered in a tarp and had an inch of dust on it. It was, you know, proverbial <laughs> barn find. So we got, the guy had a tractor and he uh, dragged it out of the barn and looked at it. Okay, fine, we bought it. And, and it was was going to be her car to restore. So I got it home and hosed it down and vacuumed out about 50 pounds of mouse poop and insulation <laughs> that the mice packed in the car. And then, fortunately, she developed uh, stage four lung cancer and passed away. Oh, wow. And, and then at that point, I, I sold that car to a, a very close friend of one of my sons. 
And then two years later, no, yeah, about two years later, he called and said, hey, I'm having a second kid. Do you want to buy this car back? And I said, absolutely. And it was at the same price that I had sold it to him for. So that car is uh, right now sitting in the wings waiting to be finished. Basically, I feel like uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a collector of orphans because I had a, <laughs> another friend call, and he had a, a 69 912. It was very, very complete, uh, originally tangerine orange, and now guards red, and he, you know, was too good an offer to refuse, so I have that car, and that'll probably be my, my next one to get on the road. In addition to that, literally both my sons are, are very involved in, in the uh, local Porsche community. Um, I had bought a, a 1970 uh, 911T Targa that uh, m- my younger son kind of took over as his car. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was in good shape, and that, that is now his. And then my uh, my older son, uh, we literally with Dick Weiss and Tom Other, and with a very strong network that we have in the Cincinnati area, I uh, came across the 64C Coupe, the Irish Irish Green Coupe. And he and Dick Weiss went over and looked at it. Uh, you know, they had been contacted by uh, you know the lady that owned it. Or, you know, her husband had passed away for, and uh, so we wound up with that, and that's sitting in my garage. And I've been working <laughs> on that for him trying to get that all caught up. Wow. So it looks like you have quite an array of Porsches because you go back to what? The oldest ones to Speedster. Was that 1955? 55, right. And the newest one is the 08 Cayenne. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say the 84, <laughs> but no, that's right. uh, oh, yeah. it's not the 84. It's the 2008. So you have early 356s. You got the 912s, the 911s. So do you have anything left in the 1970s? Is that next on your list? <laughs> I know you have 69. That's it. You know, the 70 Target went to my son in Cincinnati. We got that all, all straightened out. And that was actually bought from a, a, a good friend in the Cincinnati area. What's interesting is, you know, there's, there's so much networking going on that m- most of these cars that go up for sale, you know, never hit the classified. Regionally say, hey, you know, I got, I've got this car for sale. And the, the 2008 Cayenne actually was <clears throat> my wife's daily driver, you know, for a number of years until she passed away. And I've kept that. Number one, for in memory of her, and also uh, you know, when I retire, that'll be my daily driver. Well, what's uh, the next car on your wish list? Do you have one? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking like a, a Cayman S. Oh, okay. Would be fun. Yeah. Yeah, very, very light, very good handling. You know, I'm, I'm kind of a little bit afraid of some of the new... Uh, you know, the new technology with uh, all the uh, electronics and all that. And I would want the uh, a manual transmission. I think the Cayman, Cayman S gives you uh, the feel of some of the earlier cars. Right. Plus, you have right. the reliability to take it on long trips. Do you have a car that got away? One that you're still kicking yourself? You didn't pull the trigger on? Oh, well, to be honest, the 704S was, um, was, was a perfect car. It was in great shape. You know, it, it had enough can in it that, it would push you back in the seat, and I'd, I'd dearly love to have that back. Dearly right. Love to have that back. Right. Now, are there any uh, unknown, or you can keep them anonymous if you have one, Is there are there any unknown barn finds you can share, just so we know that there's still cool stuff out there? Uh, they're still out there. Absolutely. There's a couple in, in Cincinnati. Again, through uh, you know through the network that we have, with like Tom Oster and Dick Weiss and Kurt, that uh, you know we, they keep talking about that. And right now, there's a good friend of mine in uh, Indianapolis, who was called and said, hey, there's a speedster in a barn out here. You guys need to come out and check it out. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, Where, when can we leave? Yeah, <laughs> yeah <Wow>. exactly. exactly. <laughs> Tell them to take a picture before anyone touches anything. Get that picture 
of the speedster covered in dust and wood and horse manure, whatever, before they pull it out. That would be awesome to see that. You know, actually, I should send you a couple shots of the 66912 when we found it, which I can do, which was a lot oh, of fun. Oh, if you could, that would be really great because I might put it as the, the cover art for this episode. That would be really cool. <laughs> That's, great. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, are you seeing any uh, trends in the collector marketplace, specifically around Porsches you'd like to share or observations? Well, what's interesting, what's interesting is right now we have a good friend, a couple of good friends here in Cincinnati that follow all the auctions, and it seems like the market is down from what it was, like, say, two or three years ago uh, as far as pricing goes. If you look at some of the auction results and we see that uh, cars are not selling for what you know, like the minimum reserve that some of the sellers are putting on them. So, and I'm not sure how that's tied into uh, uh, the economy or not. But right. The, the, yeah. the early nine twelve. The early nine twelve is just going through, going through the roof. People really, really want them. Yeah, I think that line has to do with the price of the nine elevens of the same era, right? And then, uh, right. I well, absolutely. Yeah, I have noticed the turbos of the 80s, those have gone back down a little bit, not a lot, but they kind of peaked. Mm -hmm. And then the 918s continue to go higher and higher. Everybody wants that supercar. So this is my favorite part of the podcast. This is on, you have to put your thinking cap on, okay? I think I gave you a heads up on this, so we'll see how well you do. It's a little game I called Keep, Cash, or Crush. So I pick three cars for you, and you have to tell me which one you want to keep forever, which one you want to cash in. And then which one you're going to send to the crusher. My goal is to make this as hard as possible on you. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the first car is Dick Weiss's Carrera Speedster. So that's the first car. Okay. Oh my God. Definitely keep. Definitely. Oh, okay. We think we have the keep car early. Okay. The second car I'll give you is James Dean's 550, the haunted cursed 550, but restored and complete, which it doesn't exist right mm. now, but... And the third car I'll give you is a 1973 RS. Wow. Well, I would I would say, and probably because I'm very close to Dick and all that, I would, his car would mean a great deal to me. I would definitely keep that. Okay. Uh, I would take James Dean's 550 and sell that. I'd probably buy a couple of Speedsters. <laughs> <laughs> third one I would let go. Third okay. I would let go. Let go, meaning crush. Sorry, i got to make it painful. All right, so crush. Well, yeah. There's more of them out there. Right, there's more of them out there, correct. And Dick will be a guest on our Collector Car podcast here shortly, talking about his almost 60-year ownership of that, was it 1958 or 59 speedster? 58, 58. And he has a a tremendous history with these cars. And in our, uh, we're very fortunate in the Cincinnati area, he is literally a walking Porsche encyclopedia. And right. Whenever we have questions, we say, Dick, uh, what does this mean? And he'll give you a half-hour spiel of, uh, of what's going on. I was fortunate to see him take off for the hill climb this past weekend. And so I got a little uh, video yeah. of him. Yeah. yeah, I got a oh, video great. of him great. going up the hill. So I'll post that on my Instagram as well as the Facebook page. But he won that, what, in 1962 with the same car? Right, yeah. He you know, was the grand marshal for the event this year, uh, which, you know, Kurt Niemeyer put together, and right. Dick was the grand marshal, so that was a big deal. Yeah, so I'll have both those guys on the show in the future. So, <laughs> Well, thank you so much for telling us about your passion for Porsches today, Peter. We really appreciate it. No, that's great. I, I uh, appreciate your call. And, you know, our Drystone group in Cincinnati, you know, we say it's about the people and not the cars. It's 
we have uh, we've built very very strong friendships with our our members of the dry stopping group, and I'm not sure where I'd be without those people. Yeah, and where where could our listeners learn more about that group? Drystoppinggroup.com. Okay, cool. Well, I'll check it out and I'll post it with this. Cool. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your uh, your call. Thanks for listening to the Collector Car Podcast. Don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes, and be sure to follow us on Instagram and everywhere else at the Collector Car Podcast. <laughs>